Welcome to the Fastest Five Minutes, presented by Kroll and Mooring. We are your co-hosts, Peter Ayer and David Robbins, bringing you a bi-weekly summary of significant government contract legal and regulatory developments that no government contracts lawyer or executive should be without. And we start with an interesting development in the cost and pricing world. On September 24th, the FAR Council issued a proposed rule to amend the FAR implementing Section 825 of the NDAA for fiscal year 2017. That provision modified the requirement to consider cost or price as an evaluation factor for the award of certain multiple award contracts. The rule as proposed would amend FAR Parts 13 and 15 to allow contracting officers to eliminate the requirement that offerors submit cost or price information with their proposals for solicitations for covered contracts for same or similar services as long as an award will be made to each and all qualified offers. The proposed rule would apply to solicitations above the simplified acquisition threshold, except for solicitations that provide for sole source orders pursuant to 8A of the Small Business Act. David, over to you. Well, thanks. There's a lot there. I'll be interested in seeing how it all plays out. We've got a couple of notes on uh, national and agency-specific cybersecurity strategy. First, in mid-September, DOD issued its 2018 cyber strategy summary, which set forth the department's plan to conduct cyberspace operations and prepare military cyber capabilities for use in the event of a conflict or a crisis. The strategy highlights the DOD's broad approach for preparing and for addressing cyber threats. For example, in order to keep pace with the rapid advance of technology, the DOD plans to reduce the time it takes to procure software and hardware, and it'll consider procuring scalable services and employing COTS cyber capabilities. In addition, the strategy sets forth a multifaceted approach to defending critical infrastructure from malicious cyber activity that relies heavily on private sector engagement, including cultivating a cyber workforce, increasing cybersecurity accountability within the department, and leveraging international partnerships. DOD will work with the private sector to persistently contest malicious cyber activity and to increase the resilience of critical infrastructure. Now look, this is a cyber strategy document. All of those are valuable and of vital importance. The real hard work is gonna be on the ground or on the cyberspace ground, if you will, right? That's really hard to do and we've got great resources to be able to do it. Broader than just DOD, a couple days later, September 20, the White House issued the National Cyber Strategy, outlining the administration's cybersecurity initiatives, setting forth the principles that federal government agencies can use to prevent and respond to cyber attacks. Among their key objectives is managing risks, of course, to increase security and resilience, preserving our influence on the technological ecosystem, and the development of cyberspace as an open engine of economic growth, innovation, and efficiency and identifying and thwarting behavior in cyberspace that is destabilizing and contrary to national interests by deterring and, if necessary, punishing bad actors and preserving the long-term interoperability, security, and reliability of the internet in support of U.S. interests. It'll be very fascinating to watch that develop and see what specific steps are necessary. We've seen a lot of steps to sort of reduce reliance on some of the COTS projects and programs and, and cyber solutions that are out there because of their national origin and the attempt of influence or the perception of attempt of influence by foreign actors. And this strategy expressly calls for reliance on COTS services. And one of the things that is just sort of another piece of this development is obviously the strategy is really focused on government agencies, but how the government is going to roll that out to contractors 
And there's a little bit of an inherent difficulty in this because the threat environment is so dynamic. Crafting obligations for contractors that are sufficiently clear and precise, but also reflect that very dynamic threat environment poses a challenge, both for the government and contractors. And we see this over and over again, and this is just the most recent example of trying to resolve that tension. It'd be interesting to see what happens. So let's move to OFCCP news, perhaps a little less esoteric than cyber, a little more focused, a little more local. And an example of really extreme transparency, OFCCP published the list of contractors who they're going to go and visit and do affirmative action program and supporting documentation reviews upcoming. And it's all in the Freedom of Information Act library that OFCC published on September 19th. So we've talked before about the sort of ramp up in outreach to 750 plus contractor establishments. And if you're curious to see who's on there, well, it's public information now. Back to you, Peter. Good. Sounds good. We close with an interesting protest. So on September 13th, GAO denied the protest of NCI information systems. NCI was challenging a determination by the Army that it was found not responsible to perform certain services. NCI's proposal offered an Afghan-owned company called GT as a major subcontractor to perform a lot of the labor. After NCI was awarded the orders, the Army discovered that GT, this major subcontractor, had been debarred for a two-year period by the Afghan government for submitting fake authorization letters. So the Army issued a determination rescinding its prior determination of responsibility. NCI challenged this negative responsibility finding, arguing, among other things, that despite the debarment, that GT had not been prevented from doing business with the U.S. or Afghan governments. GAO rejected the arguments put forth by NCI, finding that the facts necessarily and reasonably supported the Army's final determination that NCI could not be deemed responsible, given GT's debarment by the Afghan government, that it was enough to raise concerns about NCI's integrity and ability to perform work. So just another example of the importance of supply chain, the importance of prime contractors doing advanced vetting and monitoring, and it seems like that's going to be a a trend to watch. So that's all for this week. Lots going on in the news and a lot going on in the government contracts world, and we'll be back again in a couple weeks. In the meantime, if you need anything, David can be reached at 202-624-2627. Peter can be reached at 202-624-2807. Thanks for joining us. The Fastest 5 Minutes podcast is brought to you by Kroll & Mooring LLP. Subscribe on iTunes, and if you enjoy our show, please leave us a review. You can find more information at kroll.com slash govconpodcast.